situation currently taking place in Myanmar is abominable. There is no safety anywhere, and the world has all but turned its back on an entire people trying to claim their freedom and insist upon their human rights in the face of blatant evil and inhumanity. International media seems to have moved on to the next story, scarcely reporting on this one anymore, even as the horror continues. We at Inside Myanmar Podcast find this intolerable, and we stand behind the Burmese people in their courageous effort to live in dignity. This platform is dedicated to making sure that we keep the conversation going, while ensuring these voices continue to be heard. Today's guest is one of those voices, and I invite you to settle in and open up to what follows. Inside Myanmar podcast. Our podcast reflects a wide range of topics uh, that include meditation, Buddhism, arts, well-being, human rights, Myanmar Spring Revolution and military dictatorship, democratic resistance and emergency situation in country, and much more. Today, I'm going to introduce you to a renowned researcher, author, and anthropologist who is specialized in development studies and prison sociology and who also has many things to share about prison life in Myanmar through his extensive research works and professional experiences. During the podcast, you may occasionally hear noises from flying airplanes, so I hope you will bear with me in this regard. Without taking any longer, let me welcome our special guest, Thomas Max Martin. Hello, Thomas. It's really great to having you in our podcast. How are you today? Hello, I'm very fine and thank you very much for having me. It's really exciting. Um, I enjoy this podcast so much. Uh, it's a, really a well of extremely important uh, stories and information about uh, Myanmar. So yeah, it's it's an honor to be with you today. Thank you for um, supporting our Inside Myanmar podcast. Uh, I have read your paper and it's really, really interesting. Um, and however, before we go further into your research work and talk about general prisons in Myanmar and then your reflections on the paper, would you like to introduce yourself first? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a prison researcher. Um, I've done uh, research on prisons uh, from a social science perspective for quite some years. Uh, I actually started, um, yeah. 23 years ago, uh, by accident, yeah, uh, I, I was a young master's student and uh, I was interested in studying situations where people were under pressure and tried, trying to cope. Uh, and I was, um, I was in India 
And uh, a little bit by accident, I ended up uh, doing research in a prison in Tihar Jail in, in New Delhi. Uh, and it was actually a very famous prison, not least because uh, there were an extensive investment in meditation uh, in that prison. So um, after many debates with prison managers, uh, I ended up doing a study on prison staff. And uh, so I ended up in a prison uh, on a meditation course with a lot of prison staff who had uh, disciplinary issues, who had broken the rules. Uh, and uh, so they were sent on a meditation course. So that's where it all started. And um, since then, I've been very, very interested in in better understanding prisons, uh, prison life, the people who live and work in prisons, uh, because it, the prison is, is a very influential institution in, in our societies. Um, it has a lot of impact, but it's often quite ill understood and difficult to access. Uh, and there's not so much thorough research-based understanding of what actually happens in prisons and what matters to people in prison, uh, not least in, in, in countries outside the, the US and Europe. So uh, that has been my professional career for, yeah, more than 20 years. Yeah, that was very impressive, 23 years. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, I, I'm sure you have um, a lot um, a lot to say about, you know, the things you have learned through different prisons throughout the world. And then particularly in the case of Myanmar, is there anything you would like to go about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I can tell you that um, right now uh, and for the last six years, I've been working as a senior researcher in a Danish uh, NGO called Dignity, Danish Institute Against Torture. And um, this organization where I work, uh, it's, uh, it works um, to prevent torture and violence and also to ensure that survivors of torture and violence can access rehabilitation. Uh, and uh, Dignity does this on many fronts. Uh, we both have a clinic here in our headquarters in Copenhagen. We have many partnerships across the world uh, where we do uh, different forms of intervention to prevent torture and to uh, enhance rehabilitation. Uh, we do capacity building, we do advocacy, we do treatment, but we also do research um, in many aspects of torture and violence. And the research I do is... Um, from a social science perspective, trying to understand the dynamics of violence, sort of the underlying dynamics, what are the cultures and the rationales and the conditions that enhance violence or maybe even can help us to inhibit violence. And um, here I look at prisons, especially from, from my experience with prison institutions, because prisons, as is well known, is an institution where a lot of violence actually takes place. So why is that and how can it be addressed? Um, that's some of the research that I've engaged in. Um, and for the last five years, a lot of my attention have been on prisons in Myanmar. Okay. Yeah, before I'm, I've met you like through online, I've never really uh, read a research paper or any articles related to the prison work. And I think uh, what you said is also true. We do not have enough research or thorough research, you know, describing about prisons in Myanmar. And I, for for me personally, when I hear the words like prison, some kind of stigmas are attached to it. And 
my reflection would be, you know, like torture, adjustment, like oppressions. And it's kind of scared me to read to those paper. But when I read your paper, I, I, I have so many different perspectives, so many new informations that I've never um, think of before. So speaking of that, and I, I know that in your work, research work, you, you describe prism as prism, and you are trying to look at politics, policies, and rules in Myanmar through prison lens. Well, would you like to go more about that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a research project that uh, my colleagues here at Dignity and uh, our partners in Myanmar have been engaged in for some time. Uh, we call it legacies of detention in Myanmar. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're trying to understand what we say, the history of the present uh, of uh, Myanmar prisons. Uh, and uh, one of the catchphrases or sort of headings for our research is to look, as you say, uh, look at the prison as a prism to see what can our ethnographic analysis, sort of like our fieldwork-based, qualitative, interview-based, and observation-based research, tell us about uh, Myanmar politics, about how um, imprisonment has been conducted in, in Myanmar and what consequences it has for people and for the relations between, between states and citizens. So uh, we've done a number of, of publications and research work there, and, and some of them I've shared with you. Uh, I've worked on prisoners' contact with the outside world, which is a key issue. Uh, I've worked on, on issues around prison air, sort of like ventilation, breathing, including meditation, actually, and also uh, feelings of warmth and cold in prison, what it meant, how, how it affects people. Uh, I've also written, or beginning to, to write, at least a history of Mandalay Prison, which is a very significant prison in Myanmar uh, history. Um, and, of course, uh, we have also, in the course of these years, had some um, extreme uh, incidents happening in prisons, first the COVID pandemic and, and not least and the dreadful coup. So this is also something that, that we have begun to, to work on. It's not things that we have yet published, but um, uh, I worked a bit on, on, on COVID uh, and also how that has affected uh, prisons in Myanmar. And, and lately we are trying to get our heads around uh, what happens uh, with prison life uh, and imprisonment during the coup, for instance, by looking more closely at, at the prison protest that has really taken off uh, for the last one and a half years. So, um, so a lot of, of, of that research is, uh, is, is currently um, in motion. Um, but I think it's interesting uh, that you mentioned this, uh, that you have this very specific uh, perspective on the prison around violence and torture and stigma and and i think that's 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 a very correct observation um because the prison is an inherently violent place uh but i also i'm also happy that you note that that you've also sort of experienced a lot of new perspectives but i think because i think that when you do prison research uh you also realize that that prison is is um it's a very complex place, uh, and uh, it's also a place where people are just living, getting by, are working day in, day out, sleeping, working, 
eating. Um, so a lot of our research has also been to try to insist on understanding everyday life in prisons and try to get a, a fuller a fuller and better picture of what it actually means to, to be in a prison um, and also to in, in no way disregard the very explicit violence that takes place, not least recently, but also to, to be attentive to, you say, the more subtle uh, long-term effects and experiences of imprisonment. Sort of when you're in prison, you're often very bored, you're anxious, you can't sleep. You're very close to people uh, with your body uh, that you might not uh, want to. You, you you may not have much of autonomy, very likely not to have physical integrity. And all that together, all these many small cuts uh, is what I think is very important both to document and understand. And, and that's one of the reasons why I've also studied this issue about air, which can seem sort of strange and maybe not the most likely topic to look at in prisons. But actually, if you go into to, to a prison, uh, you really feel the smell there. And you also really feel a lot of um, resonance when you start talking to people who are in prisons, when you talk to them about air, about their really urge for clean air, the way they try to to protect themselves against foul air, uh, and how they feel dehumanized by bad hygiene, and also how they really struggle to 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 get um, comfortable bodily temperatures, and and how all that is is an integral and and also sometimes quite important part of the prison experience, and that's just one of the ways that that I, but also in other ways, my colleagues have tried to, to go into this everyday life of prison uh, in Myanmar and to see how both the very spectacular and peculiar and extraordinary experiences of imprisonment mix in with very sort of mundane, everyday, domestic experience of just getting through the day. Yeah. When you talk about air and then, you know, reflecting on your paper, when I first saw the, the, the section mentioning about the quality of air and the smells, and I was surprised to myself that why I'm so ignorant that I've never think about this specific perspective. Uh, when I think thought about prison before, I know there is no good hygiene, you know, there is no um, clean water, and then uh, during the COVID, they do not have um, enough uh, COVID uh, prevention um, equipment, but you know the very basic and important element air. I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, I think um, it it will. It, it's a, it's a kind of like a, a huge a huge element when when we talk about this this the quality of air and how they they will affect the life of prisoners there. So. Please, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned that also, because I think that that was also, I mean, I've worked in prison for 20 years before I came to, to, to air yeah, came to my attention. So in that sense, it's, it's, uh, I share your, your immediate, um, surprise of the richness of, of this very basic, um, concept of looking at air in prisons. But I think that's also something that we as researchers can, can contribute with sort of, we, we have, the opportunity to 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 take time to actually listen in to people, 
uh, we've done a number of interviews with former prisoners, uh, and um, and in that sense, there is also a division of labor, I think, between researchers like me who who can do in depth, long term um, research, and and other people who are in, in, in engaged in in prisons. Apparently, and of course, also right now when there is uh, so much uh, uh, need for 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 critical uh, and insistent attention to to prison life in Myanmar i mean there are people who are documenting human rights violations there are people who are doing advocacy but uh, there are also researchers like me um, who are trying to to connect uh, threats across um, history and and to inform uh, our understanding of prisons through theory and also have an opportunity to look into these more sort of say um, maybe um, peculiar but still very basic and in this case i would at least argue quite telling issues around air or, um, but that's also something that that i've tried to 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 research for quite some time sort of um how we better understand the way that prisons are are, are changing and also what is the relationship between um, how we know the prison from the outside and how prison can be known from the inside. Yeah. So uh, why do you think it is really important for people to understand, you know, what's the relations inside and outside the prison world? How would have that make an impact when people understand more about the prison? Well, I think generally we we uh, we have to be very uh, insistent on the fact that the prison is part of society. Uh, although uh, you can say the logic of the prison is a little bit, uh, uh, not a little bit, is very much uh, the reverse, right? So. You use the prison uh, formally in a society to 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 seclude people, to take them out of 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 the uh, of the community. Um, but the prison is 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 very much part of society, uh, and uh, we need to understand that some of the dynamics uh, that we see in society are also um, very prominent in the prison, but often in amplified or accelerated forms. Um, that's also why we at least uh, use uh, think it's fruitful to use this this uh, notion of the prison as a prism uh, so as prison researchers we think studying prison tell us something about how um, politics and in for instance in our case dynamics of reform state building uh, play out and so in that sense uh, it's very important to 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 open up the prison uh, for this kind of examination uh, but I think it's also very important to 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 try very actively and in practice to to keep the prison uh, open to society. Uh, and as I mentioned, we've done quite a, a lot of research on what we in, in human rights term call prisoners' contact with the outside world. That prisoners have a right to um, to be in connection with their families. Um, as far as possible, uh, and and a lot of prison research document that that the extent to which the prison and the society are in contact, the the the, the level of relationships that prisoners are able to maintain, uh, really has positive impact uh, on them and on prison life. So um, so there is also this very we can say practical and very direct. Uh, 
um, importance of keeping the prison as open as possible. Um, in Myanmar, we see, for instance, uh, the, the extreme importance of, of family visits, of the interaction with uh, with families and prisoners uh, in terms of, of uh, basic needs. Uh, families bring in um, a lot of resources to prisoners that they are uh, otherwise not able to access. Um, and uh, in that sense, their contact with the outside world is not sort of only a way to to ensure that they are able to maintain family life and relationship with the community that might help prisoners when they're released. Uh, prisoners' contact with the outside world in a country like Myanmar is also extremely important for their survival uh, inside the prison. Um, and families have a big role to play, and families also have many, many... Um, challenges uh in both financially uh, emotionally and has to go through a lot of trouble and many levels of um you can say extortion and abuse just to reach uh their relatives inside prison so so uh, this thing about the relationship with the, between the prison and society, both theoretically, conceptually, politically, but also practically, is is is, is crucial. Um, and 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 that was also something that that in, in Myanmar, but also across the world, and also in Denmark where I lived, something that was deeply affected by COVID, uh, when when prison visits were either stopped or or, or, or greatly limited. Um, so, uh, so that's a key issue in 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 the prison across the world, but but uh, not least in a country like Myanmar. Thank you. Um, so, when you look at um, prisons, um, I am sure you also witnessed that um, you know prisoners are supported. To be treated with dignity and they also have you know protection from the basic human rights um, however in the reality that is not the case and they also suffer um, a lot of uh, suppression and unjust treatment uh, inside the prisons so in the case of Myanmar do you have any um, like important fact to highlight how prisoners in Myanmar prisons are treated and how they are trying to cope with stress and a lot of um, challenges that the outsider like me wouldn't be able to understand but understanding that way make a you know positive impact towards the society in the future i think when when you look at, at human rights violations in in prisons i mean there there are so many uh, dimensions but i mean we, we of course both see uh, the attack on people's uh, health, uh, their inability to, as I mentioned before, have have contact with their relatives. Uh, in many situations, uh, they are not uh, accessing fair trial, and they have no opportunity to complain. So they have no opportunity to, in any way, improve their situation. Um, but what? Uh, I think is, is, is of course well known and also um, quite rampant in Myanmar is the history of, of torture and, and the use of prison as, as a political 
a tool for political uh, oppression. Uh, so Myanmar has uh, a long history of political imprisonment, which has been, of course, e- extremely uh, uh, reactivated and accelerated uh, after the coup. Um, prison life in Myanmar is characterized by overpopulation, like there are so many prisoners crammed together in in in, in very uh, small uh, uh, wards and cells. Uh, solitary confinement is used very uh, aggressively against, uh, especially against political prisoners. Uh, and um, there's a lot of uh, violence in prisons uh, that is uh, Somehow, uh, the you can say the the, the main uh, basis for a lot of the way that the prison is 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 run uh, informally uh, by strong prisoners uh, who the staff give the authority to control others. Um, so there is uh, there is definitely a, a, a situation of, of of quite significant. Uh, violations of human rights um but but i think uh, it's important as i think we we started off uh, um, with in this conversation that that there is this harsh explicit violent and very physical uh suffering uh, in prisons that are very directly and explicitly also targeting uh, political prisoners um but it, 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 to me at least, it's important to, to to keep remembering and also to noting the relationship between this form of violence and 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 the general conditions of being locked up, uh, isolated, and um, challenged on your ways to control your life. Uh, and uh, so, 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 it, it, it's a very complex picture, I, I must say, uh, and. Very challenging one. Yeah, it's also sad to know that um, you're talking about the, you know, there are um, the imprisonment, you know, overpopulations, people are put in solitary confinement and lots of violences and um, and that's, that's applied to general prisoners. So in regards of, you know, the criminal prisoners who are on criminal charges and people who are the political prisoners, do you think they are treated differently or it is the same? Or what, what would you think how the political prisoner will be treated, especially in this context, you know, when military coup happens, um, many people, activists, uh, people who involve fighting for the democracy and restoration of human rights have been sent to the prison and under the category of uh, political prisoners, how would you describe their life in the prison? Um, well, I, it's not something that I have uh, studied so uh, directly as some of my other colleagues, but I think that, that it, is, um, it is evident that political prisoners are suffering very extreme and targeted abuse as i mentioned especially in in relation to interrogation and arrest but that happens we should recall outside what we call the prison normally uh, but in the interrogation centers uh, they're exposed to to torture and 
degrading and inhuman treatment. Um, but they are also, as I mentioned, uh, exposed to solitary confinement uh, in an extreme degree. They are held incommunicado. They are not allowed uh, visits. And they are also subject to unfair trial. Um, but I think that, that many of the things that these prisoners are experiencing in terms of uh, lack of access to health uh, and um, other forms of, of, of attack on their bodies uh, in terms of food and hygiene uh, overpopulation. Um, I think that's uh, we have to remember that's the, that's sort of the the, the 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 ground tone of imprisonment. That's what many prisoners, uh, if not most prisoners, are exposed to and has been for many years. So um, there are differences between the the roles and the treatment of different categories of prisoners and political prisoners are, are of course one a significant one. Uh, to some extent, political prisoners. Uh, can also have some resources. Uh, they can have a voice. They can have uh, certain strength in 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 their political activism and their their communal um, relations with other political prisoners. Um, and that, I I think that 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 can give them some form of uh, resilience, at least that what what we have learned. Uh, but it can also be a, a, a burden to carry, uh, and and at the end of the day, the prison grinds into everybody, uh, and and the violence that you experience, uh, both the very explicit one and the more sort of subtle one, uh, sort of sticks in the body and the mind. Um, so there is. A, a lot of need for uh, counseling, rehabilitation, support, documentation, also to families of of political prisoners, but also of other uh, categories of prisoners. And I think that we have to keep in mind that that what can be most protective if you are in prison is if you have money, uh, because the prison is an inherently um, corrupt place uh, or at least it's a place uh, it's a marketplace where most uh, things can be bought and sold um, so so there are many categories of prisoners I mean it's it's it, it's too uh, simple to say political prisoners or criminal prisoners or normal prisoners or whatever category you want to say that so a lot of our research also have uh, we're struggling to try to 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 critically question whose prison are we talking about? Uh, there are issues between gender and class. Uh, there are many different experiences. But I think across the board, uh, if you have money, uh, if you have connections, uh, if you have relationship with strong prisoners or with staff, uh, you can um, you can try to put yourself in a position where you can protect yourself, uh, get a better place to sleep, uh, access better food, uh, avoid the most uh, strenuous and humiliating forms of labor. Um, so in some ways, uh, uh, some political prisoners are not able to, to sort of engage in this sort of marketplace of the prison because they are isolated. Um, and and they may also not be interested in that. Um, and 
and and some prisoners who are in, in the common wards uh, are able to 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 negotiate a little bit uh, to improve their situation, both with staff and other prisoners. But it, it it depends a lot on your 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 position. Do you have money? Do you don't have? Do you not? Do you have connections? Do you have family visits? They can bring in food. You can sell. Um, and at the end of the day, if you are poor, if you have no connections, uh, you might not be subject to to explicit torture or isolation, but you have absolutely no opportunity to uh, to protect yourself. Uh, so you will be exposed to very hard situations of hard labor. Uh, you have to rely only on prison food. And uh, you will be sleeping close to the toilet in the ward. So in that sense, you can say that there are different categories of prisoners and different forms of suffering. Uh, some are shared, and some are very specific. Um, so uh, when it comes to, to targeted abuse in terms of torture and solitary confinement, I think political prisoners definitely stand out. Uh, but I think we have to remember that, that the prison is also a, a place of sort of enhanced widespread uh, violence, um, and we need to keep our, our, our eyes on that too. Yeah, I... It's very interesting for me to hear the term marketplace and in the present, you know, this is something quite new to me and um, listening your, um, what, what you just said, it make me realize even more that uh, the life of inmates without the connections and money, how difficult their life would be. And earlier in the podcast, you were mentioned, you know, the family members also struggle a lot, you know, to send the basic needs resources um, to their uh, family members in the prison. So I could imagine uh, people without money, basically, will suffer more in the prison compared to their other, like, other inmates in, in the prison. Sure, uh, that, that's definitely a, a rule of rule of thumb. But but as I mentioned, in, in, in relation to certain targeted prisoners, although they have money, they, they, there can be other reasons to to keep them uh, under extreme pressure. Um, and and that's 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 what's uh, it's a particular vulnerability of political prisoners, of course. Um, so um yeah it's 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 not uh it's it's not a good place uh the prison anywhere in the world uh that's for sure um but i think it it's also f- important to 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 remember that that uh that it's also a place where where people do live every day i mean there are at times almost 100,000 people in 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 myanmar prisons uh and there are people who uh, go to work there every day yeah um, i'm glad to know that prison life in Myanmar is slowly improving and i hope it it will be transformed in the future um one one um looking back to the conversation you mentioned you know everyday life is happening inside the prisons you know people are going there to work so it's give me the idea of we are now talking about the 
prisoners inside the prison, but there are also staff who are working in the prison. So do you have any perspective to get life of prison staff in the prisons? Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I'm glad you asked that because that has been... Uh, some of the things that I've looked into over the years, as, as you might recall, uh, I started off my my work as a prison researcher, researching staff in an Indian prison. And, and that was actually a little bit by accident uh, because um, I wanted to study how prisoners uh, in this particular prison in Delhi, I wanted to study how prisoners managed uh, with all the challenges of prison life uh, and the, the prison management uh, they were not so keen to let me talk to prisoners. Uh, and after some time uh, going back and forth, negotiating access, uh, I was a bit frustrated and said, okay, but then let me talk to staff. And then they said, yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, that seemed less um, problematic. But in fact, uh, after talking to the staff uh, and, 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 and doing research on prison staff, uh, you can get so much information about prison life uh, and uh, it's um, it's an important perspective on on prison to to look at 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 staff because staff are often in prison longer than prisoners uh, and um, and what they think about their work how they carry their work uh, how they uh, build relationships with uh, each other with their managers with people from the outside. And of course, with prisoners, matter so much to um, to how prisons are are run. Uh, so it's it's a key uh, research area, uh, and it's also, of course, a key area of intervention. I mean, a lot of attention is paid to train staff uh, to do uh, things differently, or to equip staff to do things differently. Um, so. Um, so I think that's that's that it's very important to look at prison staff. I mean, there are even some researchers who who have this uh, this notion of of the prison staff as the other prisoners uh, because they are in these institutions for so long, uh, and they in many ways share uh, uh, the histories of 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 prisoners. Their work is stigmatized often. They are subject to harsh discipline by their superiors. Uh, they live in the barracks of the prison, closed off from society. Uh, but of course, they also go home every day and they get paid and they are uh, uh, with their families. So it's it's uh, uh, there. There are of course also many differences. But it, it it's key to understand uh, prison life to to get a better understanding of the role of staff. Um, and also, if you want to change things in prisons, uh, you need to be acutely aware of how staff uh, consider interventions. Uh, and often you will find that you can have many good ideas uh, that are developed in other parts of the world. And then you transport them to a place like Myanmar. And, uh, and if the staff are not interested, if the staff don't understand what's going on, or if the staff working conditions are actually uh, hindering that some of these interventions uh, can be implemented, uh, then they will not succeed. So um, it's it's extremely important, but it's it's been difficult to do research on prison staff in Myanmar because of the uh, limited access uh, to, 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 to prison staff. Uh, you have an opportunity to talk to former prisoners to get a good uh, understanding of uh, prison life. 
um, but it's difficult to to access staff. They're very suspicious. Uh, they are also in a situation where they might uh, be uh, in, in 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 quite some trouble talking to researchers, um, especially if it's a foreigner. Um, but um, we have had some interactions uh, with prison staff, and and I think it's it's. It's very important to 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 continue that line of research in Myanmar also uh, after um, the revolution, uh, if 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 opportunities arise to get a better understanding of 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 of, of their perspectives of, of of what has happened and what should happen in the future, um, I think is key. Yeah, this is interesting. I have many things to ask. What it is like you to be a medical doctor working in the prisons, and what the experience would be like? Yeah, that's a it's a very good question, but a tricky one, and it can take time to to open up and um, and uh, yeah, it's of course not to to have any sort of uh, excuse of the abuses uh, that that prison staff are engaged in, uh, but. Uh, we have to be curious and 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 critically inspect uh, their role, um, and also to to um, to allow ourselves to try to understand what uh, what they're involved in. Um, I think it, it it at least traditionally there is a lot of uh, distinction to make between police and prison staff, uh, and 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 I think in 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 the history of Myanmar prisons also the 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 military uh, leaders of the prisons and the the prison staff proper, so to speak, inside the institutions. Uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, they are um, likely to be in conflict, uh, and sometimes not. Uh, and uh, and and these complex dynamics, are, I think, are, are very important to understand. But as I said, it's been very difficult to to research at least so far. Um, we also have to uh, consider whether they're prison staff who are defecting or deserting, uh, and 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 what they can tell us about what goes on. But but um, yeah, that's uh, that's something we will have to keep focusing on for the future. Yeah, and um, you just now you mentioned you know it's um, the relationship between the prisoners and. Uh, people who are working in prison is really important in many aspects. And then, you know, since the the staff, prison staff have been working in the prisons for like maybe some, maybe much more longer than other prisoners, they may have some kind of bonds towards certain prisoners. And I was just, you know, thinking out loud, um, in prisons, you will also notice from the news, certain kind of informations are shared between the prison members. There are uh, real strikes happening in the prisons. So do you see this kind of like relationship between prisoners and prison staff somehow contribute to the better communications on politics in the prisons, I'm not sure I am. I'm getting yeah, the question uh, right. Yeah, I think uh, 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 what you are getting at is that that there is 
there is a relationship between uh, prisoners and prison staff that are quite uh, complex uh, and um, and as, as I mentioned also it's different from for instance the relationship between police and the public or between police and the people they arrest and detain uh, prison staff are often uh, uh, very uh, in, interested in, in, in what you could say institutional reproduction they just want the prison to to stay as it always is uh, and sometimes they do that uh, in, in collaboration with prisoners and sometimes they do it by pressuring prison, prisoners very hard uh, and sometimes they do both things at the same time, maybe often. Um, so there are uh, some relationships there, um, but they are, at the end of the day, at least most prisoners will say that at the end of the day, they are based on, on, on the prison staff's control of the, of, of the prisoner and the prison, and they are based on the promise of retaliation and violence if the prisoners do not sort of follow uh, uh, the, the 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 ways that the institution um, may be able to reproduce itself. Right, Thomas. Um, at the beginning, you were mentioned you were starting a research on prisons and revolutions. Um, no, prison protests and revolution. Could you talk more about on that regard yeah it's uh, it's something that's very much still a working progress but uh, of course uh, after the coup we have been uh, uh, compelled and propelled to 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 try to 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 uh, follow uh, the developments uh, in the prison and in the in practices of imprisonment and um it's obvious that that there is a, acute violence, uh, uh, but that is also, as I've mentioned, it's 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 sort of embedded in an entrenched and long-lasting um, history of suffering in in Myanmar prisons. Uh, but um, there are um, definitely uh, new things going on. Uh, we hear from from. From colleagues documenting human rights violations, that that the torture is 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 an abuse is rampant and in in some respects uh, worse and more widespread uh, than before. And of course, uh, very significantly and dreadfully, the the implementation of the executions uh, are um, are very um, significant and 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 also a new development. Uh, but one of the things that we are trying to look at is uh, is sort of the relationship between the prison and the revolution, um, both uh, generally and historically, and specifically in relation to to prison protests. Um, because there is, you can say, uh, the prison has a particular role in in revolutionary history and theory. Um, uh, my colleague Andrew Jeffs and I, we, 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 we are working with the idea that the prison is considered on the one hand and sort of and both an incinerator and an incubator of, of the revolution. So on the one hand, the prison is where revolutionary uh, actors and protests are being quelled. Uh, people are being locked up and even killed to, to uh, destroy the revolution. Um, 
but the prison is also a place where there is opportunity to to uh, to, to collect revolutionary actors and to produce revolutionary action and spirit i mean throughout the history of myanmar prisons there has been uh, a lot of attention to the prison as what what some former political prisoners called the big school where where there has been a certain kind of quickening of of revolutionary spirit and and education uh between uh political prisoners so it it has this double uh uh, role the prison and uh, in the revolution and as you might know in in sort of in an iconic revolutionary moment is is to storm the prison uh, we know it from the french revolution the storming of the bastille so there is something about a particular place the prison has in the revolution that i think is extremely important to to follow and document um so we are trying to look into uh, the protests that are taking place in 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 prisons since since the coup, uh, where prisoners are organizing different forms of 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 uh, of, of protests, um, what role do these protests play? Um, what kind of reactions uh, are, are the 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 prison staff and the military? Um, uh, what are they doing to to clamp down on these uh, protests? Um, and uh, when and how do they occur? Uh, sometimes they occur, uh, at least at the beginning, uh, very much in in correspondence and resonance with the uh, with key uh, events on the outside, um, sort of uh, anniversaries of of um, of the eight 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 or the the two 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 two. So, so there were these protests, but there are also protests sometimes occurring when, 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 for instance, when political prisoners uh, are reacting strongly against, uh, uh, you can say, institutionalized abuse by by strong uh, prisoners who are delegated by staff to uh, to control other prisoners. Uh, we've seen some protests sort of flaring up uh, uh, when political prisoners are not accepting. Uh, that kind of abuse. Um, there's also been processed, especially in, uh, in the early days of, of the revolution against uh, COVID and and uh, lack of uh, medical treatment, where prisoners have experienced their their fellow um, prisoners uh, simply dying uh, and not receiving treatment. Um, so. Uh, there is, I think, a very important area of research here uh, to better understand these protests, to see what role they play in, in the revolution, and also to document uh, the reactions, especially the abuse. Uh, we've seen killings uh, uh, in relation to, to these protests and also how they develop over time. Uh, they seem to be changing uh, from the beginning of of. of of the revolution, we saw a lot of, of communal protest, mainly anchored around CDMs. Uh, now there are different actors in the prisons, uh, uh, PDF prisoners, uh, and 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 the, and the and there are different uh, um, ways that these protests play out. We expect, uh, and there's also, I think, in relation to this issue of documentation, there is also, you can say. Uh, a, a tussle for the narrative uh, about what goes on. I mean, the the 
the authorities would say there is a riot, um, whereas revolutionary actors would call it a protest. Uh, the the authorities might claim that that uh, they had to ha- react harshly because prisoners were trying to escape, uh, whereas protesters would 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 uh, would rather state that there was not there was no no escape attempt. Uh, it was uh, it was a peaceful demonstration in the prison against. Uh, uh, dreadful conditions. So, um, so there are very intense things going on here. Also, the relationship between, I think, the prison staff and the military. The military often enter the prisons in relation, uh, in 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 connection with protests and start firing. Uh, and 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 uh, so, so this is something that that we will follow closely uh, in in uh, in this period. Uh, and I think it's it's sort of very important to 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 document what goes on with these protests. Yeah, it's I'm personally really exciting to read this research paper when it comes out because it's really intrigued me. I think it would be really important um, document for the others to you know find out and know as well. So um, concerning the topics that you have covered in the research and things that we have discussed today, uh, is there any other recommendations that you would like to you would like the audience to know to improve the uh, current prison conditions and to reflect on the revolutions and its implications on the um, prisons and society? and also type or support that you would like to recommend in the future? Mm, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big big question. Um, I think in the short term, um, I think there is definitely, uh, it's, it's so important to keep documenting what goes on in prison. Uh, I think that's uh, important uh, in any prison, context but it's of course of accelerated importance in this particular uh, situation of 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 abuse uh, and and the way that imprisonment are used uh, to quell uh, the revolution and and pursue um, the people of Myanmar so we need to document continue to document what goes on in prisons and a lot of of very capable uh, actors are, are striving to do that so i, I think the continued support to this documentation effort. I mean, both to to make sure that that uh, that uh, we are gathering key information about what goes on uh, for the future, but also to uh, ensure that we can support uh, advocacy uh, efforts and and also to simply help. Uh, families uh, to know what goes on with their loved ones. I mean, there is a, a long tradition uh, which is particularly linked to to sort of a military mindset of thinking of the prisoner as an enemy of the state that has to be um, hidden away. And uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, there is a tendon has been a long tradition of uh, in Myanmar of 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 withholding information to families uh, and also other actors who are interested in getting the lawful information about where are their loved ones, what happens to prisons, uh, what happens to prisoners. Uh, so 
so prisoners are held in incommunicado uh, and it, it this uh, you can say uh, it's a way to weaponize mis or disinformation uh, and uh, and and so there is a strong uh, need to 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 struggle against that and to make sure that we know what goes on in prisons as far as possible uh, there is a need to to support legal aid of prisoners i mean there is very limited uh, if non-existent opportunity to to uh, access any form of fair trial uh, for people uh, in the criminal justice system uh, in myanmar it's to some extent uh, this has been the case for some time for many groups uh, but it's especially uh, uh, bad uh, now and especially for political prisoners of course but still um, um, there is an opportunity for 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 legal actors to 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 improve uh, our knowledge about what uh, happens to prisoners and to support uh, prisoners although they cannot in any way guarantee or support uh, their fair trial in practice, um, of course, continued humanitarian support to prisoners who try to get uh, um, medicine, food, uh, and other forms of basic needs uh, made them available to them through their families and other contexts. Um, yeah, and as I mentioned before, uh, advocacy to make sure that that what goes on in Myanmar prisons are not forgotten and have, uh, as far as possible, political impact. But I think it's also important, uh, and now I'm speaking more as a researcher, to 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 keep the attention that is now on prisons uh, uh, in the long term. I mean, to not forget about the prison uh, once, as we hope, the revolution um, succeeds. Uh, that uh, that there is uh, an insistence on. Uh, changing prison life in Myanmar uh, and that the revolution should also uh, be um, directed to improving the prison also uh, in a very deep and fundamental way. Um, this is very complex and it can, cannot happen overnight, of course, but there is a need to, I think, to continuously try to to make society less punitive uh, and uh, there is an opportunity uh, in a moment like this uh, to think uh, about why we punish and what punishment does to people um, and try to 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 uh, to do this better um, and i think as i mentioned before one of the key ways to do that is to open up the prison and to punish less uh, um, so I think that's also in the long term a very important uh, task uh, for the people who are now trying to 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 look towards uh, how um, a new uh, relationship between states and citizens in the future Myanmar can be um, can be developed. Uh, so uh, don't forget the prison uh, because it, it, it has remained very bad for many years. And now there is attention to how bad it actually is and how bad it can become when, when, when it is uh, 
very weaponized and 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 when the violence in prison is 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 amplified as it is now so uh so so there is a definitely a need to 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 um to change that uh fundamentally uh if in any way possible in the future um thank you so much thomas you share um a great perspective about prisons and things that we need to consider for um, in the future as a long-term endeavor. So this is a great conversation and thank you once again, spending your time with us, sharing these great insights. And I hope our audience will find this conversation as interesting and fruitful as I am. Thank you very much. It was really a pleasure, and uh, um, I, uh, it, it's 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 tough. It's a tough topic uh, uh, to discuss and also to work with. Uh, but uh, it, it's also, I think, important and worthwhile uh, to to keep trying to improve on uh, on uh, how we administer uh, our relationship with the prison. Uh, uh, in practice and in theory and in, in the future. So thank you very much for inviting me uh, and uh, it's been a pleasure. I know for a lot of podcast listeners, as soon as the fundraising requests start up, you just kind of zone out or skip ahead till it's over. But I ask that if you're taking the time to listen to our full podcast, that you also take the time to consider our spiel. Some may assume that producing a two-hour episode wouldn't take much more than the conversation itself. But so much more goes into it. In advance of the interview, our content team reviews the biography and relevant works of the upcoming guests, and we discuss the best way to use our limited time together. After the interview is completed, the raw audio file is sent to our sound engineer who shapes it into working order. A single episode can take several full days of solid production work in the studio, which is carefully coordinated with our content team to ensure smooth listening. Further edits and post-production magic bring the eventual episode into your ears, along with extensive written descriptions of each interview, which we publish on our blog and social media. Many of these steps require an outlay of funds in some way or another. We hope that each episode informs you about the ongoing crisis, and if you find it of value, We also hope that you might consider supporting our mission. If you would like to join in our mission to support those in Myanmar who are being impacted by the military coup, we welcome your contribution in any form, currency, or transfer method. Your donation will go on to support a wide range of humanitarian and media missions, aiding those local communities who need it most. Donations are directed to such causes as the Civil Disobedience Movement, CDM, Families of Deceased Victims, Internally Displaced Person IDP Camps, food for impoverished communities, military defection campaigns, undercover journalists, refugee camps, monasteries and nunneries, education initiatives, the purchasing of protective equipment and medical supplies, COVID relief, and more. We also make sure that our donation fund supports a diverse range of religious and ethnic groups across the country. We invite you to visit our website to learn more about past projects as well as upcoming needs. You can give a general donation or earmark your contribution to a specific activity or project you would like to support, perhaps even something you heard about in this very episode. All of this humanitarian work is carried out by our nonprofit mission, Better Burma. Any donation you give on our Insight Myanmar website is directed towards this fund. 
Alternatively, you can also visit the Better Burma website, betterburma.org, and donate directly there. In either case, your donation goes to the same cause and both websites accept credit card. You can also give via PayPal by going to paypal.me slash betterburma. Additionally, we can take donations through Patreon, Venmo, GoFundMe, and Cash App. Simply search Better Burma on each platform and you'll find our account. You can also visit either website for specific links to these respective accounts or email us at info at betterburma.org. That's Better Burma, one word, spelled B-E-T-T-E-R-B-U-R-M-A dot org. If you would like to give it another way, please contact us. We also invite you to check out our range of handicrafts that are sourced from vulnerable artisan communities across Myanmar, available at alokacrafts.com. Any purchase will not only support these artisan communities, but also our nonprofit's wider mission. That's Aloka Crafts, spelled A-L-O-K-A-C-R-A-F-T-S, one word, alokacrafts.com. Thank you so much for your kind consideration and support. Oh,